Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. A little, uh, little drummer boy from King & Country beautiful group by the way if you have not grabbed a copy of their christmas album it's fantastic make sure you like and share the john whitmer show on facebook and of course follow me on twitter at john r whitmer those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates well last month i don't know if you saw it the wichita eagle is really good for a birdcage liner but if you didn't see it the wichita eagle ran an editorial saying the constitutional conventions offer, quote, false hope for America and saying the Convention of States project is, quote, harebrained and an opportunity for right-wingers to rail against the federal government. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I got no issue with that. Joining us now to explain the Convention of States project and how a proposed convention would work is former Pennsylvania senator and presidential candidate Rick Santorum, He's an attorney, a best-selling author who served two terms in the United States Senate. He and his wife are founders of Patriot Voices, a grassroots community uh, committed to restoring the American dream and working for families and dedicated to freedom. Senator, thank you for joining us this evening, and, and Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Well, Merry Christmas to you, John, and to all the listeners, and uh, it's uh, it's great to be talking to uh, to Kansans again. I uh, I have very fond memories uh, 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago now, campaigning in Kansas for president. And I had a wonderful reception, had a wonderful victory in the Kansas caucuses. And uh, Kansas is a very warm place in my heart ever since. Well, you're very welcome. And, and thank you for, for, for joining us. And let me first off start by thanking you for 
being such a solid conservative champion and a strong advocate for life that is something that you have a have been for so many years and we need those especially these days with with what we have going on in Washington DC so kudos to you and thank you for that sir well uh you know i'm someone who believes that <clears throat> the family is the centerpiece of any civilization it certainly has been for the united states and um and respecting life and respecting marriage and respecting the family and, and supporting them through, through not just our, our, our businesses and our culture, but also within, within the government and our laws is, is vitally important for a healthy civilization. And unfortunately, I think what we're seeing is that that is all uh, unraveling and I, and, and you're, you're seeing the results of it. I've yeah. seen, you've seen the results and, and uh, just the uh, the despair, particularly that so many children have in America today. I don't think we've been at a time where uh, the uh, suicide, drug use, you name it, every bad thing that could be happening to our kids, uh, not even knowing what they're, whether a girl or a boy. I mean, there's so much confusion and despair in our young people, and it's because you know those of us who those of us who are old folks are are are, are really screwing things up pretty badly and. Uh, so I'm still very much engaged in, in trying to right the ship and, and give our country a chance for the future. No, I think you're right. And I think it is that erosion of traditional values of the traditional family and traditional norms uh, because of that erosion that we're seeing so many other things fall by the wayside. And, and Yeah, I, and by I, the way, those traditional norms cut across, across cultures and faiths yes. yeah. for thousands of years. I mean— if if they were not good ideas and and solid things to build, uh, a, you know, so, a civilization on, they wouldn't have lasted this long. And and we're just taking a meat axe to them and chopping them up and and saying they don't matter and you can be whatever you want to be and and everybody has to not just respect it but celebrate it and and uh, and and endorse it and 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 cheer it and. Yes, you're right. We kind of got off on a tangent. Let me. Let me kind of steer us back to, to I know I know because yeah. this is a this is an issue that and I, you and I've actually talked about this in the past when you, you've been here in the past to support other candidates and for my listeners who aren't familiar with the concept of a convention of states can you kind of just give them the the 30,000 foot view behind what a constitutional convention is and what the convention of states is trying to accomplish Yeah it's called a convention of state, not a constitutional convention. Yes, they are thank two you. different things. Thank the constitutional you, yes. convention. No, the, the left will use the term constitutional convention to try to scare people. Oh, they're going to rewrite the. We're going to have a convention to completely overhaul the constitution. Thank you. No, that's not what this is. This is a convention of states to propose amendments that those amendments are limited by the resolution that calls the convention. So, the convention is called via resolution passed by the by 34 of the 50 state legislatures. They have to pass both houses of the legislature, in the case of Nebraska, just one. And those 34 states have to pass an identical resolution or very, very similar. Uh, and once they do that, then a convention is called for the purpose stated in the resolution. And anything beyond that would be considered non-germane or not, not, not a, you're not able to deal with it. And so... That's what a convention of states is, and it's under the Constitution. 
So people always say, well, you know, don't mess with the Constitution. <laughs> no, this is the Constitution. The Constitution in Article 5, the founders understood something that really I think anybody who's a student of history understands. Republics don't last long. The longest standing republics maybe last two, three hundred years, and then they collapse. Why? They collapse from within. Decay, whether it's moral decay, fiscal decay, and or governmental decay in the sense that government power concentrates in one or more one one person or a group of people at the top of the food chain, and you and you end up with tyranny and despotism. This is how every republic in the history of of, of man has has ended up. And so what they wanted to do was make sure that there was, uh, that they knew this would happen to America. As, mu as much of the controls they put in place that over time, those, the, the values that, that uh, created this great constitutional republic would eventually erode and things would change. And that's happened here in the United States. Two major things, I think, made that happen. One was a constitutional amendment, believe it or not. People say, oh, well, you know, look, here's my pocket constitution. Live by this constitution. Well, that constitution isn't the same constitution that was passed by the founders. Right. One particular amendment, the, the amendment dealing with, it's the 17th Amendment, deals with how senators are elected. Most people don't know in America that prior to the progressive era in the early 19-teens, senators for the first 140 years of the republic were elected by the state legislature. The state legislature appointed them, and they were there at the behest of the state legislature. What does that mean? They didn't respond to the public and what the public wanted. They responded to the interest of their state. And as such, they were there to protect the rights of states and not allow the federal government to grow big and powerful and stomp on the states and, and, and stomp on their power or the individual's power. And, the, and so there was in the Constitution a mechanism, a powerful mechanism, to stop Washington from becoming tyrannical. And that, they thought that was the most important, one of the most important things they did was create the United States Senate and separate it from the public to protect the public from a tyranny in, in, in Washington. Well, that was repealed. Guess by whom? The progressives. Right. Okay, you're hearing the word progressive. Well, this is not the first progressive era. There's another progressive era. And, and so that amendment was, did a big deal. And that amendment led to, if you look at the budget of Washington, D.C., and the federal government before the 17th Amendment and since, Washington, D.C. and the budget was, was minimal. You had a, a situation where Washington was small and the states were power. They were ascended. They were, the, they were where the power and the, and the rights were in the, in the individuals. After the 17th Amendment, what happened was the Supreme Court then went wild, okay? They, they, because government started passing all these laws, accumulating all this power because the senators wanted to be responsive to what the people wanted. And so they started breaking down the Constitution. And the Supreme Court in the 1930s under Roosevelt said, we're going to find a way to get all these New Deal things found constitutional. And they have rewritten the Constitution. If you look at a constitution, people pull out their pocket constitution. The actual constitution, as, as, as we understand it today, is 3,000 pages. It's actually printed by the government printing office. It's 3,000 pages, mostly Supreme Court decisions as to what rights and responsibilities are in America. It is not 
what people thought. So why I, say, why I do this as a background is our founders would be astounded by the fact that these state legislators who gave up this power by uh, changing the, 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 uh, the Senate election, but still have one power remaining that they've never used. And that's in Article 5 of the Constitution, right. which allows state legislatures to pass resolutions and to, to form a convention of states and propose amendments to strip the federal government of their power, to limit the amount of spending they have, to limit their terms of office. All of those things are possible, but state legislatures just are, you know, are either ignorant of what their role is in preserving the republic or afraid to exercise that authority. Well, and I think that's a lot of what this is about. And we're talking with former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum you know, and even this the Eagle Art editorial that I mentioned earlier ripped the notion of a convention of states. You know, they 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 talked about a common fear that is brought up as the the idea of a runaway Senate or runaway convention that could, you know, start or or rewrite the Constitution or you know, some people fear that you know they they repeal Second Amendment and things like that, but. Really, the whole thing is, you know, and I know when I served in the legislature, we first tried to pass the Convention of States here in Kansas. Some of my, you know, most conservative colleagues were afraid of, you know, well, what happens if California or New York delegates take control and rewrite the Constitution? But again, this comes back to it. it, If you call it properly, it limits the scope of a convention. Yeah. So let me just walk through this idea, this notion of a runaway convention. And and look, I, I understand conservatives are conservative. And therefore, when you hit them with something new, they're reticent to, to go along and they're very right. suspicious of it. Right. I consider myself a conservative. And I will tell you, you are for eight. Yeah. For eight years, I did not support the convention states. And you know why? Because I didn't take the time to understand it. And, and this is, you know, the knowledge can get rid of a lot of anxiety, right? And understanding get rid of a lot of fear. And so what I did when someone came to me, because I was giving talks about the 17th Amendment. You can see this is a big deal for me. I'm really passionate about this. And I was talking about how we needed structural reform in Washington because having spent 16 years there, two terms in the Senate, two terms in the House, I can tell you, Washington is not going to limit its own power. No, of course Whether not. Whether you're a Republican president or a Democratic president, you are not going to limit your own power. Mitch McConnell is not going to limit his power any more than Chuck Schumer is or Nancy Pelosi is. So the idea that you can fix it by electing good people to Washington, thats we've been trying that for decades. It isn't going to work. People get power drunk when they go into the swamp in Washington. There are few that don't, but most do, and that's the and the Democrats all do. So the bottom line is the only way to 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 limit their power and to get power back to the people to stop this insane spending. I left the Senate in 2007. I think our deficit was something like six or seven trillion dollars. It's 31 trillion dollars. And I say to every Kansas legislator, how how many more trillion does it have to be before you say enough? Right. Before you take before you do what the response, take the responsibility that the founders gave you to do something about. I love these state legislators who go out there and beat up on Washington. Oh, they're out of control. They spend too much. They mandate too much. They put all these ridiculous rules and they tell us how to do this. And yet, according to the Constitution, they are at the top of the food chain. They can tell Congress what to do. 
And yet all these conservatives who complain about Washington, uh, well, well, I don't know if I want to do, oh, you know, California might do something. Hey, here's the reality. The way a, con- a convention works is you get 34 states that have to, have to pass this resolution. Well, let me just tell you, no Democratic state is going to pass this, this resolution. The Dem- every left-wing group in America is against it. Obviously, all the left-wing media, the New York Times has wrote an editorial against the Washington Post, it's the Eagle. There's every left-wing media outlet and every left-wing organization is 100% against it. So the Democrats are never going to pass this. So what does that mean? For the Republicans to call a convention, 34 states have to be controlled by Republicans, the right. legislature. Right. Well, we're at 31 as of this year. We're going to go down to 30 because we lost Michigan this year. But we're at 31. With a good election season, you could get to 34 and, there, and thereby get to 34 Republican-controlled legislatures passing a resolution to call for this convention. That means at the convention, 34 of the 50 delegations would be Republican. So you say, well, oh, these terrible things could happen. 34 of the 50 delegations are Republican. Number one, they're not going to eliminate the Second Amendment. The other thing you should realize is that this convention will be the biggest national story of our lifetime. Never before has this con- a convention like this ever been held. And this will get gavel-to-gavel coverage, wall-to-wall. There'll be, there'll be movements across the country trying to propose amendments to balance the budget or to limit taxation or and grassroots activity, and it's nationally televised. The idea that California or New York is going to somehow take over the convention, how? Right. I mean, there's no mechanism. Every state gets one vote. Why? Because every state is a sovereign entity, and therefore they get one vote. So the idea that all of these Republican-controlled states that all get one vote are going to give up their vote to let New York and California run the convention is absurd. Right. Finally, final point I'll make. The con- this convention only proposes amendments. So, for example, they propose an amendment to balance the budget or to limit terms. That amendment then goes to the states, and just like it is when Congress proposes an amendment – 38 states have to ratify. That's both chambers in 38 states have to say yes. And to block it, 13 chambers, I mean, 13 states, one chamber in each of those 13 states has to do nothing to block it. They don't have to vote no, they just don't vote on it. So the idea that somehow a Republican-controlled convention under the spotlight of the national media and national attention is going to pass a repeal of the Second Amendment and 38 state legislatures, including uh, half of the 20, uh, 26 states that allow constitutional carry and 24 states that allow you to bring your gun into the state legislature, <laughs> including ours, somehow or another eliminate the Second Second Amendment. It's in- ridiculous. Including Kansas, by the way. Senator, I, let me, I know we've got, we're up against the, the break here, but let me ask you, when the COS project here came to Kansas, one of the issues that we've got here, you know, we had enough votes to pass it. We had a majority, yep. but in Kansas, you have to get a super majority. That is an issue I know you guys are pushing up against here going into next year's session. Yeah. You're trying to get that uh, cross, get past that hurdle here in 2023. What kind of success do you think you'll have in the 2023 session? I, I feel really good about it because, number one, 
The vast majority of Kansans support the Convention of States and what we're trying to accomplish. The vast majority of the state legislature, both in the, in the House and the Senate, certainly a clear majority in both legislators support it. And this idea that Kansas needs two-thirds to pass a, a, uh, an Article 5 convention is wrong. There's a rule in Kansas, both in the state legislature, in the state house, and in the Constitution. The one in the Constitution is invalid. It, can't be, it's, it cannot be uh, sustained in any kind of litigation. And the rule in the, in, the, in the House, which goes along with it, is there to protect Roe versus Wade. Well, Roe versus Wade is gone. There's no reason to protect it. And I would say to every Kansas Republican who has to vote on this rule coming up in January, if you vote for this rule, you're voting to abdicate your responsibility to control the federal government, and you can't call yourself a conservative. Because if you're a conservative, you will take the power given to you by the Constitution and use that power to protect this country and avoid tyranny. And any excuse otherwise is simply siding with a group of people in the 1970s who wanted to protect abortion on demand. And so it's a double whammy. You're, you're siding with the left to protect abortion, and you're siding against the founders to protect this country from tyranny. If my listeners support the Convention of States project, or if they want more information, best place for them to go is for what? Conventionofstates.com, I imagine? Exactly. And, of course, they can find you. You're on Twitter, at Rick Santorum. I follow you on Twitter. I highly recommend folks follow you on Twitter. And if they're interested, they can also get information on your project, the Patriot Voices Project at PatriotVoices.com, correct? Absolutely. Senator, no, no, my pleasure. Thank you again for joining us uh, this evening and and wishing you and your family a, a very Merry Christmas, Senator. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you again for joining us, my friend. Thank you, John, and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And uh, let's hope for a great new year where we start to turn things around and, and, and become a country that is consistent with the, with what God's plan is for this great nation. Amen. Amen. Your lips to God's ears, my friend. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be taking your calls at 845, but coming up after the break, outgoing Attorney General Derek Schmidt will be with us to reflect on his tenure in the AG's office. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. We'll be back in just a moment. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 